Welcome back to Lattes Unfinished, hosted by your favorite sisters, Myra and Sidra. We have a really exciting episode for you today, but before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you, Sidra, how's your weekend going? Really nice. At least <laughs> it's sunny after a really long time here in New York City. Um, and we're just riding off the long weekend. So I got, I think I got some good rest in. Yeah, we were both hit with what I'm 99% sure of was the norovirus. Um, I was hit the week before and then I passed it along to you. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I I was out for like three days straight and honestly until this weekend was just barely functioning. But yeah, we're back. Luckily, we were able to get through it. Yeah, I think I had a really great weekend as well. I was with Eric for the most part. And we were able to do some late Valentine's Day things. We went to Fasano's. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I think overall, really chill weekend. I wish it was longer, but it passed by pretty quick. Yeah, I honestly don't really remember what I did because I barely went out <laughs> and just used the time to relax mentally and physically. Uh, watched Nope, actually party watched with our friend Jenny. And it freaked me out. It was amazing. So yeah, that was the highlight of the weekend. Well, I would actually say one of our highlights of the weekend was meeting up with our lovely friend Alina and our conversations with her yesterday really led to the inspiration of this episode, right? Yeah. So as you all know, we're back with yet another episode, which we've aptly titled, Does Fashion Still Exist? Um, A lot of this really came out of just people watching general conversations about style and fashion, particular to New York City and just as a result of social media. Um, I think also largely motivated by Pharrell being named creative director of Louis Vuitton recently. Uh, A lot of these things kind of come together at a certain point. So today we're going to be going over a few things. One, a few trends that both of us are hating. Yes, we're choosing violence and we're just going to start with the negative today. Um, Trends that we are looking forward to. And then finally, our thoughts on where fashion, quote unquote, is headed this year and uh, for the foreseeable future. But before we begin, Myra has a few reminders for all of you lovely listeners out there. That's right. In order to follow along with some of the links and items that we discuss on this week's episode, you can head over to www.lattesunfinished.blog. Of course, our podcasts will be available via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for Lattes Unfinished. Or you can also listen to us on Buzzsprout at www.lattesunfinished.com. Lastly, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lattes.unfinished. Alrighty, let's get right into it. So I'm sure you have a lot of things on your list, but let's start with some of the trends you haven't been liking lately. Yeah, so like I said before, um, I actually was trying to find if there was an actual word for this Mm -hmm. because there's this particular aesthetic that I think Bella Hadid kind of started on Instagram and social media, which has resulted in just like, honestly, in my eyes, it's just trash, okay? Like, this is literally just people putting together every possible random thing that they can find to make for a purposely ugly outfit that's quote-unquote anti-fashion. It's funny because I feel like Alina actually talked about this yesterday that she saw someone on the subway and that's kind of what it felt like. It's just like... Someone just threw up a bunch of clothing on themselves. Yes. Basically. Yes. And there's been, you know, I think a lot of, you know, those videos where people walk around and they're like, what are you wearing today? Or what trends do you like and what don't you like? And Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people uh, in our age group, millennials, who are really hating the whole Y2K resurgence, but it's done in a way where it's not even like, you know, Y2K was just a chaotic, insane time as it is. We were all younger and there was just stupid, stupid trends going around but now it's just like this very purposeful I'm going to put that together to look absolutely insane but anyways I'm just going to get to the point so I found (laughs) out that this aesthetic is actually called bloquette and it's it's defined as 
it, a combination of soccer inspired wear with coquette style, um, like a masculine meets feminine. Mm-hmm. And I found like there were a bunch of random articles that I found, but there was one website, glam.com, which describes it as, and in quotes, think white stockings, long ribbons, frilly dresses, or undergarments visible from underneath. And of course, with the bloke court trend, you have the sporty attire that includes a football or soccer jersey and jeans. As the sexy, cool influencer podcast said in a TikTok defining bloquette, the sporty nature of bloke core gets elevated with feminine aspects like stockings, bows, or leg warmers. So, you know, bloke core is like this very particular UK, like football dude, like kind of aesthetic. And so you combine that with this coquette style of just like, I don't know. Honestly, I just imagine like, like... I don't know, like your underwear visible from underneath your oversized jeans and then like a cropped like jersey that's like half visible with... And the sleeves aren't like cap sleeves. They're just a little short. They're like one of those like... Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, they're like a little over the shoulder, yes. but not. Yeah. And then you just have like strings hanging from you, like yeah. whatever that might be. Um, so apparently this is called bloquette core. That um, is so funny. I didn't know there was a word for it, but it's like the moment you were reading the description, I saw exactly what you described. Yeah. And in my mind, I just see it as like Y2K slash Avril Levine on steroids, but switch out skater for soccer. Oh my God, that is so accurate. <laughs> and I just hate it so much. Like, it's just an excuse to be anti fashion, like quote unquote fashion, as in buying into runway trends or buying into designer wear or buying into whatever is on Instagram right like that's a whole other aesthetic because this mm-hmm. is a I think this is a very TikTok thing that's obviously seeping into Instagram because vice versa posting whatever um but I think you know it's interesting to me because you get into this hype of like being anti-fashion and purposely ugly but then you also have this weird fixation of flexing on who has the coolest new yeah bloquette finds yeah no I agree with you I think that was definitely something on my list too just I literally wrote Y2K overload and dumping of clothing together yeah and I know we were talking a little bit about this yesterday where I feel like if you're maybe in high school, under 18, not in college, maybe even early years in college, this is kind of forgivable because you're young. And when I was young, I don't think I was the most stylish or fashionable person. I also do think that Y2K was unique in the sense that we weren't borrowing from other generations or like other, like the nineties or like whatever, like we, it was its own thing. But the resurgence of it is so quick mm-hmm. that it just it just feels weird. Like, I yeah. feel like we just went through this and now we're seeing kids pick up on this. Not even kids. Some of Gen Z is much older now, yeah. too. They're in their mid-20s. And it just is being looked at as like, oh, we're doing something even more unique with it when it's actually just looking even worse than it did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think for me, the biggest thing, like just walking around and seeing what fashion quote-unquote style or let's just call it style like yeah. looks like these days on the streets like streetwear I guess um I'm just so tired of seeing eyesores like there's no sense of dressing for proportions mm-hmm. color coordination to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye um, which again, you know, the, the, we can go on and on and on uh, it, it, with these conversations on why people dress, you know, what makes you you, what your expression is, whatever. I think personally, for me, yeah, living um, in this super fashionable city, you know what you're going to find depending on the neighborhood, depending on the type of establishment. Um, but overall, there's been such a tremendous shift and both in real life and on social media that I'm just so tired of seeing eyesores like everything looks so incredibly ugly and not in a way that's fascinating it's no longer like I don't know like I would love to see someone in like an actual punk getup versus what I'm seeing now yeah exactly (laughs) so that that was my first number one hated trend is bloquette and I think I hate it even more because it's just you know, like you have people in these bloquette like 
outfits or aesthetic and they're wearing i don't know like what they call designer drip and mm-hmm. and, <laughs> designer drip. Oh and it's just like okay so you're spending like i don't know thousands of dollars to look like trash i hate it so much i just hate it um but that's that was my first first um hated trend my second hated trend is instagram dressing but before i get into that i think you might have to have some thoughts on this as well and just like what what were you thinking about when you were researching this I think what you just said Instagram dressing that might fall into so many different things but I think it could fall into one of the things that I had as well was just designer brands being really overplayed Mm -hmm. and I think again we talked about this (laughs) yesterday too but kind of like gateway fashion items yeah so uh, when I talk about gateway fashion items and just again designers being overplayed this this can fall anywhere in terms of like small keychains that are like like product keychains or like I like, like to call it junk yeah basically yes. junk that no one needs even some of the belts yeah um look I and I have like Saint Laurent glasses and sunglasses are a different thing I think there are some sunglasses brands like Tom Ford and Gucci that are still really nice mm-hmm. but for example like even Saint Laurent sunglasses I they're one of my favorite ones but I would never pay for them again because they're so plastic and there's yeah. nothing that's like good quality about them mm-hmm. but I just feel like it really is like a gateway you know designer items for people who want to have that fashion drip but like know that they can't really go off and buy some of the other things within you know that brand and I feel like it's just kind of a way to trap people to buy all these things that they don't really need all these small things just to say they have you know Saint Laurent or um I don't know like Moschino or whatever yeah I think it's interesting because I mean personally for me I think it's just because the value mm-hmm. and the quality of so many designer items, I say this a lot, but yeah. I don't consider most designer brands to be luxury anymore. Yeah. You know, um, so I think it's just over the years, especially in the last 10 years, I want to say the quality has significantly declined and so it's just frustrating to see this emphasis on people wanting the next cool trendy designer thing um, especially when it's being you know touted all over Instagram or social media just to fit a specific aesthetic or to you know fit a specific lifestyle or whatever yeah Um, and it's just like you know in a few years it's just going to be junk if it isn't already Um, like Actually, going back, my mm-hmm. the trend that I wanted to like talk about, Insta- like quote unquote Instagram dressing. Um, this is the very like typical Instagram influencer type of fashion that kind of became the norm over these last, I want to say, five years now. Um, but blazers with bicycle shorts when the shorts are athletic wear, I hate that so much. I'm yeah. like, that is not a look. And it's one thing to wear like a nice fitted tailored uh, blazer with shorts you know that's a cool look when it's like a matching set but I hate when people wear like athletic like bicycle shorts with a blazer and it's when it's not done right it just doesn't look good it just like the proportions never look good unless you're Hailey Bieber <laughs> or like you know Rosie uh, Huntington Whiteley or something right it's just not going to look the same the same um as that and then also just um going back to the designer trends it's it's kind of gone in full circle where you know first when the whole influencers thing started happening on instagram a lot of designer items that were already in place became very popular like the chanel boy bag Mm -hmm. or um i don't know there was just like there was so many specific things the product was it Clio Clio yeah yeah, the Clio bag uh that was more I think in my like more recent I'm thinking like earlier earlier right um now it's become like a vice versa thing where people where designer brands or you know um 
brands are seeing these trends go off on Instagram, what colors people are liking, what types of items people are liking, and then making those to suit the demand, right? Um, One of the things I've seen and I hate is Prada has these like, they have this Prada Moon padded bag and this antique Napa bag style. Mm -hmm. So they're two separate styles um, and they just look ugly and they're in pastel colors and it just, I just, again, this is a very personal choice people will spend on what is of value to them but objectively i just cannot find the value in these ugly items quote-unquote ugly items because they just look like junk it's just like something that you're not when are you actually going to use that after it's played out and after you're no longer i don't know 25 yeah no i agree i feel like there's just no actual value to it and you know, a lot of times, like, at least in my defense, I would say I want to buy nicer things so that it'll be valuable in the future and I can pass it to my kids or I can, you know, I can save it or sell it or whatever. But a lot of the items I feel like that most of these designers are coming out with now just don't have the same value that they did you know, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Most of the items these days, like whatever new is coming out has such a low resale value at this point. Um, I can't imagine that, you know, especially when you're playing with certain colors that aren't classics or even, you know, there's a very different uh, there's a very big difference between a forest green and like a lime green. Right. Oh, my God. It's I hate lime green. (laughs) Speaking of which. Bottega Veneta. Yeah. I feel like Bottega came into play when and I think it was like 2019 and 2020 where with the they, whole revamp with Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like at one point they were kind of doing what Celine was no longer doing for a lot of women where they had some nice clean pieces. They had oh, like classics yeah, modernized. They had very classics, like you said, and that were like edgy, but just super clean. And then I don't know what happened. All of a sudden they took a turn and they had like that lime green, some of like some of those like I, I think it's the green color that I just did not like yeah. the most. I think some of the colored backs were kind of cute, but it was that lime green boot that I always think of where I was mm-hmm. like, what is happening? It is it, it just took a turn and all of a sudden I feel like they were catering to a trend and no longer doing what I thought they would do. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing, right? Yeah. After, because I think when uh, when Bottega brought back all these like classics that had kind of been under the radar slash not really, um, you know, commercially popular in mm-hmm. recent years, it was exciting because it was like, wow, we're returning to some real classic styles, right? Or like that very Phoebe Philo. um, You can pair these items with the row or you can pair it with basics. You can pair it with a very grown-up style for lack of a better, you know, definition. Right. Um, But then it's like, you know, they locked in the audience. They locked in the consumer. And then they Mm -hmm. went insane. Mm -hmm. And they lost some of the consumers that enjoyed that more classic, you know, um, style they had brought back. Particularly the intrachiato bags, um, the dark brown, you know, the Bottega brown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and then it was just kind of done. And then I think that really catapulted where we are today, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just the combination of these Instagram styles and how it's affected uh, designer brands and the output that we're seeing from them and just the total like lack in quality, honestly. Um, like I felt a Chanel bag, uh, like one of the more recent, like newer Chanel bags. And it's just does not have the same feel as a vintage bag. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I can't like articulate it any more than that, but I think those probably have to be my, that was definitely trends. on my list as well. The Chanel, like Chanel bags just being overpriced in general. And just also just Chanel is just not doing so great. Like it's just been really boring for the last few years. And I feel bad saying that. <laughs> but that's that's just a personal opinion. But I do think, again, it's just the quality that's being 
I guess, sold right now in terms of their bags are just not actually worth it and you rather just get something vintage. Yeah, vintage is where you want to be. The stitching is so much better. The leather is so much better. Just the finishing. Um, if you want the golden, you know, turn lock uh, or the golden lock and the chain on the bag, it was actually... 24 karat plated prior um versus now which it's not it's not it's no longer it's not actual gold so what is it why is it so expensive if it there's there's no they're just like like raising their prices to meet like kind of competing with hermes yeah (laughs) i wish people could see my face right now i'm just in utter shock it's like i knew that obviously there's the quality isn't there but i didn't realize that they yeah that that the gold actually stopped i forget the year now but it's been a number of years so that's why whenever i think about even buying a new chanel bag right um it would be vintage it would and it's just it just like i mean the feel just doesn't it's not the same. I would not want I would not spend current Chanel prices on current Chanel bags. Yeah. I think really quick, unless you have something else that you want to talk about from your trends that you didn't like, I do want to talk a little bit about social media and the influence. And I know we we just mm-hmm. touched on it a little bit and obviously the trends of Instagram. But I think what was really disappointing was seeing classic brands like Laura Piana being influenced by social media and just becoming really overhyped. That was the biggest, I think, killer for me. So I was really excited when Succession came out because of their use of Laura Piana. Um, But of course, you know, this was coming and... It's just disappointing to see how much more, um, you know, social media marketing they're doing Mm -hmm. just to be relevant, to be commercially relevant. Um, Granted, it's a business, right? You have to make money. There's something about the lost art of the craft (laughs) Um, and, you know, just the exclusivity that comes with not just being all over the place and being in everybody's faces all the time that I miss and now that it's everywhere it's just very disappointing um and that's not just Laura Piana but I think a a lot lot of of other brands as well and I think that's what was exciting you know about purchasing something designer or you know something nice is that it felt exclusive and you worked, you know, you worked, whether you worked hard to get it, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it's just nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now I just feel like it being in your face all the time, it just doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I feel like social media definitely, social media has its, you know, high points. And I think it also introduced me to some mid-level brands that are good quality as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's helpful, but I think there's a lot of ways social media kind of ruined fashion too. Yeah, I think um, just being so, just having everything at the tip, you know, tip of your fingers and seeing so many different styles and just everything becoming repetitive as a result is kind of bittersweet because you want people to enjoy the things that you enjoy and, you know, share whatever whether it's fashion whether it's lifestyle um shopping whatever it might be but I do think it's kind of diluted the experience it's diluted the um value of a lot of items that would otherwise feel like they meant something yeah which now is just kind of like whatever yeah I agree yeah one last note I wanted to kind of make was another thing on social media. It's just really quick. I just feel like it's just surprising to me that I see certain influencers promoting, you know, whatever they're wearing and like where they got it from. And I still feel shocked that the lack of research on quality of product is never done beforehand. And I feel like a lot of influencers still accept brands from quote unquote boutique brands that are actually, you know, being manufactured like other places that aren't making the clothes actually well. There isn't really quality there. 
And one of the brands I always think of is Shine. Shein? Shein. <laughs> okay, but that's like complete trash. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, obviously, <laughs> it's complete trash, but I'm just, I'm still surprised that there are people, we know this by now, and they still are wearing not just Shein, but a lot of other brands that are similar to Shein, and they're still wearing that. They're still promoting it and it's just like shocking to me yeah well also knowing the problems with you know labor and also just you know apart from the quality of the clothing but like i'm pretty sure that Shein was found to have like toxic like materials in their clothing yeah um i think that's you know again it's the hype of the hype like it's just you know like staying on trends and staying on you know wanting a certain shape or color because someone else wore it and what's the fastest easiest way to get it Mm -hmm. before it becomes you know before it's done with is catering to these you know um I don't know just trash brands (laughs) (laughs) okay I think we can definitely move on to our next topic yeah enough negativity (laughs) more positivity now um, I think we can move on to talk more about recent shows and recent or recent trends that we've liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have a few on my radar, but wanted to pass along to you first. Yeah. So I guess this next section really came out of us actually enjoying some of the runway shows we saw recently. Mm-hmm. Um I think I speak for both of us when I say this, but it's actually been it's been a few years where I've paid attention for real to runway yeah um when I was in college it was like such a thing like oh yeah let's pull up all the runways and check out our favorite brands and designers and see what they came up with this season and I think over the years I kind of you know you get your own style you kind of lock that in um and I I just stopped paying attention so I have a handful that I like to keep up with um and then this season for fall winter uh, I did find a few shows that I was excited about um funny enough one of them being Celine (laughs) uh and I'll talk about that more in a little bit I think you have you wanted to talk about that as well so we can discuss that together but of course uh ultimately it comes down to I think there are very few designer brands that are actually luxury still and for me I always enjoy the row Mm -hmm. Kate k-h-a-i-t-e kate uh lauren manugian i love their i just love everything that they do um it's a smaller brand they're very much you know streamlined in their vision it's all a lot of knits very high quality knits uh looser shapes etc um neutral colors todd's i love i don't i don't think they actually had a runway um show but I just love you know in general looking at what they're coming up with for the next season I loved Michael Kors and Tori Birch oh that's on my list too yeah I think like not I don't want to say classic for everything I don't know how else to describe it but it's bringing back some of the you know statement pieces yeah simple dressing to look good you Mm -hmm. know dressing for your proportions and putting together an outfit that actually looks nice it's not an eyesore and not just gimmicky um and then I actually really enjoyed Jason Wu uh this season okay I haven't seen that one yet it's really beautiful just very um the the dresses the prints silky uh there were darker um like I think like lacy stuff going on but yeah those were those were some of the ones that I enjoyed um I'm also looking forward to Phoebe Philo. Oh my God, yes. This fall. Can you explain Phoebe Philo for anyone who, you know, might not be familiar? So I've, I, <laughs> Phoebe Philo used to be the creative director of Celine for a number of years. And she parted ways with them. God, I think all the years in my mind are just so fuzzed I I don't know exactly how long ago but I remember it was such a big thing uh for me because she created such a particular Celine woman uh which is very different from the Celine that anybody might not might know now so if and 
if if anybody follows Celine now or buys from Celine the brand today, it's very different from what Celine by Phoebe Philo used to look like and right. what people came to love. And so she was replaced by Hedy Slimane. Or I think if you say it in French, it's Eddie Sliman. Uh, so she was replaced by him, and he essentially made Celine sent what like what he did as Saint Laurent, which was rocker chic, club cool, mm-hmm. you know, like indie sleaze. Now here's the thing: I was furious when Hetty replaced Phoebe at Celine because the Celine brand had such a particular look to it it had it it had become such a well-established brand for these very specific um clean women's modern wear right that was dressing for the female gaze not for the male gaze um I think that like that's probably how I would describe it um but when he took over it just kind of became a repetition of Saint Laurent now putting that aside I think Hetty as a designer speaks to my like aesthetic the most yeah I think we both really look we both really do like what he does yes and the pieces that he includes in his designs yeah it's just basically Celine is just now him right it's no longer what Phoebe Philo Celine was yeah and I do I think we were talking about this earlier but I agree that I think he just needs to make his own brand I think that you know he's doing whatever he wants with some of the other, you know, brands that he's worked with. St. Laurent was definitely more his type. I feel like St. Laurent's always been a little bit more edgier, more black. So mm-hmm. it like made sense in terms of, you know, his aesthetic. But I feel like with Celine at this point, I definitely do think he needs to just kind of make his own brand. <laughs> yeah, I would love that, you know, just kind of cement it and go with it. Um it kind of, you know, then you get into the debate of, well, a brand is what the designer makes of it. Like, remember Tom Ford for Gucci? Like, yeah. he made, you know, he completely changed the brand. And then you see Alessandra for Gucci and it became a whole, you know, it kind of really brought back the classics, but then it became very kooky Alessandro in his own way. Um, I think it was such a... I don't know there was just something so personal about how he just completely turned Celine around I and I think particularly because the space that Celine had created aesthetically was not so prevalent right right it, yeah it, it was a very particular style that Phoebe had created there um, which you know now we find at the row Kate kind of does a similar mm-hmm. but more edgy, more New York downtown. Right. Um, so it's not exactly like that. But, you know, until recently, what Phoebe was doing at Celine was so, I guess I want to say rare compared to what was happening at the time. So when Hetty came in and he just like, he's like, I'm going to do whatever I want and just make <laughs> it like, you know, rocker chic and basically a a replica of Saint Laurent I think it was just like no I think the funniest thing was one time we went into Celine's store and then after we walked out I was so confused because I was like wait that wasn't Saint Laurent yeah exactly (laughs) you never you never know anymore Um, yeah but I do agree that I I also really enjoyed his fall winter 2023 collection Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets into um you know that indie sleaze era and it was funny because I was reading a few articles about it and I feel like I really appreciated Hedy more just kind of learning a little bit more about his background, his inspiration for the collections that he does. And he was really much like obsessed with the nostalgia around indie sleaze because that's probably, yeah. you know, where he where a lot of his youth was spent. Right. Mm-hmm. And as um based on an article I read on Harper's Bazaar, I think it's important for us to kind of talk about what Indie Sleaze is first. And quote unquote, they had said, Indie Sleaze feels very vague, but also super specific at the same time. It's American apparel ads, flash photography, Urban Outfitters, Ed Banger Records, and Nylon Magazine and MySpace. And I feel like that's really accurate to the aesthetic that Indie Sleaze is. Mm -hmm. And that was captured a lot in his fall 2023 collection. Yeah, and I mean, Hedy also goes a little bit farther back than that because he incorporates more of that grunge rocker style as well. And also, he does a very good, like, um, 
I don't know, like electric indie club style, which is very different from the indie sleaze we you know, as we know it from like 2011, 2012. Um, So he has such, you know, like he has a whole catalog of these years that he spent designing. Like when he was at Dior back in the early 2000s, I want to say, um, he did so much amazing, you know, so many amazing things there as well. Um, But yeah, Hedy, I think, speaks to a lot of us millennials because he does you know, he's not shy about creating the same aesthetic over and over again in different ways. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, honestly, again, as a designer, he speaks to me the most when it comes to those edgier pieces. Like when I'm not when I'm not looking for something like the row that's, you know, just loosey goosey. I don't want to say loosey goosey, but like <laughs> refined, yeah. you know, just very refined basics. Then it's I want to look like Hedy Slimane like right. you know um, it's interesting because based on W Magazine it seems like he was actually he quoted that he was inspired by Meet Me in the Bathroom by Lizzie Goodman oh interesting so he actually read the book I love that right <laughs> he, that that definitely played a part so this yeah. this was definitely still his you know rock grunge but also definitely pulling from that era of music and concerts and what people were wearing at that time Mm -hmm. also the so I'm actually referring to the same W magazine uh, (laughs) article I think they put it together really well for anybody who's not as familiar with Hedy's background or also uh, indie sleaze but just their description of what it what it is right like what it feels like that nostalgic early 2000 style and this season what he did um or I, I guess like for the next season um it's there were a lot of military style button jackets you immediately think mm-hmm. julian casablanca's of the strokes when you think of those like you know military style jackets like um, patent leather trousers dark sunglasses yeah slim cut suits mm-hmm. that's that's basically just heady like that's his that's his um i don't know what, what would you call it like his iconic uh identifier is the slim cut suit um also just yeah like the frilly blouses uh metallic suits yeah um i mean these pictures like (laughs) awakened something in me (laughs) we'll definitely include the w magazine article in the episode guide as well as some of the pictures included in the article but I think the main question I want to ask is do you feel like we're going to adapt to this style again I really hope so. I love indie sleaze. I think, again, you know, kind of going full circle back to the whole things feel like such an eyesore these days. There's something about how someone like Hetty and even like I want to refer to Kate, um, how they're doing this edgy downtown kind of like clubby indie sleaze rocker chic whatever you might want to call it what what is diluted down to at this point that style something about it is just so even though it's so it can be messy it looks put together they're the cuts the proportions having um you know these very sumptuous uh articles of clothing or just material but that being said i do sadly feel it's past it's prime. I think there were inklings of indie sleaze coming back last year, like earlier last year. And I think it's just kind of been simmering under the surface for a bit. Um, I don't really see it kind of making a full on comeback unless some like, I don't know, some current fashion icon that the youth look up to makes a full on like quote-unquote like indie sleaze or rocker chic like transition yeah Yeah. I agree I feel like indie sleaze the indie sleaze aesthetic was really grounded with what was happening especially in New York at that time Mm -hmm. right even LA and and LA music scene yeah Yeah. whether it was like the electric pop music or whether it was indie rock bands like the Strokes Interpol Mm -hmm. um TV on the radio Arctic Monkeys Arctic Monkeys yeah I feel like the music also influenced the aesthetic and it was the biggest like I think it was the biggest influence of the aesthetic right yeah Yeah, exactly and I feel like 
it's not like that music isn't existent anymore. I think us millennials are really still, you know, big fans of those artists. Mm-hmm. And of course, through TikTok, things like that, like a lot of Gen Z is try- starting to pick up on it. But I just don't think it's going to make the type of resurgence that it had at that time and the influence that it had at that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing is we are coming out of lockdown and you know the full-fledged part of the pandemic so I do think because of that you're seeing a lot of people going out more Mm -hmm. and there's I mean just speaking to New York City itself but the amount of new restaurants that have opened and catered towards like drinks nights out etc kind of like that night lux aesthetic I think that has something to do with how that's definitely going to have an impact on how people dress because it gives you more of the opportunity to dress up for the night and honestly like a lot of indie sleeves dressing and if you kind of separate that from the rocker you know all dark clothing yeah it is very night I want to say night focused. Yeah. So I think maybe the shift in activities also might have something to do with it. But again, I kind of see it more bubbling under the surface versus making a full on comeback unless something shifts culturally with where musical tastes are right now, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, anybody who's currently considered an influence uh, with Gen Z, because again, God, I feel so old saying this, but the youth drive the trends right right and right now i'm not seeing that at least the music scene mimics what would be like you know the commercially successful music scene mimics what would correspond with this kind of a style or what 2023 would interpret of indie sleaze i agree i agree i think if it's not really being picked up by them, the youth, yeah, <laughs> and then it's really rare to see a big comeback of that. And it's also hard because there's so many trends happening at once and mm-hmm. there's so many things that, you know, kind of happen culturally, whether it's in fashion or, you know, music or mm-hmm. pop culture that happens so fast that I think it's really hard for trends like this to kind of thrive thrive yeah yeah, and be picked up for a longer period of time you know I have to say that also leads me to the social media presence of this particular collection the late the Celine fall winter uh, 2023 Um, for whatever reason like there's no promotion Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they're doing something there. I think Hattie is doing something there because I, I don't know what, but the the Celine account on Instagram posted photos taken by Hetty of uh, Julian Casablanca's Paul. Oh, my God. What is this last Paul name? Banks. Paul Banks, your favorite of Interpol. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, Paul Banks. And, you know, these portraits of these like icons right of from the, that era, from that yeah. era um but there's no i i didn't see any influencers posting from the celine show if they did it was just like the after party and i you know usually you get the coverage of either the show goes live maybe i missed it if it went live but i don't see a real i didn't see those tags like in full force kate went live there was a lot of coverage on that i only saw like a few clips of the strokes show um for celine i didn't even see that i want to see that there's just a few clips of that but it wasn't a lot yeah there yeah which is funny because i love how i'm complaining about this because i feel like the exposure would have been great to see you know when that when that trickles into social media then that is what drives the trends right like then you see the immediate like reactions whatever um but on the same like on the other hand i'm also constantly complaining about oh there's too much and things should be more mysterious and exclusive (laughs) so yeah but i was waiting to see it pop up that being said um you know, kind of going back on the social media thing. Again, there are good things and bad things. I do really respect and love a lot of like some of the influencers who are doing a very, you know, organic approach to what they actually like and sharing um, content. It is important. And I think it helps kind of bring light to whether it's smaller or bigger, uh, you know, uh, designers or brands or whatever um, that, there's so much there's so much more like opportunity and resources out there now to be more creative so I do appreciate that but you know that being said 
I'm kind of at a weird place, particular with indie sleaze, because I'm like, I feel like it's not getting enough exposure. But then at the same time, I'm like, but if it did, what would that mean? So, yeah, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I, I'm really curious why it wasn't, you know, as promoted as we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And what was the reasoning? Maybe, you know, I feel like a lot of those bands are pretty low key. So I don't know. Maybe he wanted to kind of preserve that that feeling of indie sleaze a little bit more. You mean like he went like full on like indie sleaze yeah. and not just the aesthetic, but yeah. he's like, no, I'm just going to keep it like how it would have been back in 2006. Right. I, I'm wondering if that played a played a big part. Hey, it's it. possible. Um, I love, I mean, listen, I love the collection. I would wear it. Um, <laughs> granted like Celine's sizes are like Saint Laurent sizes and they're absolutely insane. Like, I don't think it, it's a, it's so hard to fit those proportions. Um, maybe that's also why there was such a shift, right? Yeah. Away. But that being said, I, I still really enjoyed the looks. It looked, everything was so rugged, but put together. And it felt, you know, you feel again. I felt again, at least. I agree. I think definitely Celine was in my top one that I really like. Top one, top two, and then Michael Kors was definitely yeah. Michael Kors was a great. part of that. Yeah. I feel like Michael Kors gets a bad rep for some of their other lines that they have that aren't part of the collections. But I do think that his well, Michael Kors runway will always be you know yeah true New York City. Like it's very chic, and I know he was really also inspired by the seventies. Um, but 70s uniform like really Mm. clean pieces I think his mood board they said based on I think I read this on W magazine as well but his mood board had like Tina Turner Mm. Jane Fonda you know Gloria Steinem was in the audience as well who was a big influence oh my gosh yeah the Jane Fonda and Gloria Steinem influence you could really see that in the clothing yeah it was just really chic and I think it also kind of blends into I don't want to say it blends into indie sleaze, but some of like the big, low, like chunky, low slung belts that they're wearing, we did. Oh, yeah, that that was such a 2000s. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that did kind of that was kind of a similar trend that we saw during the indie sleaze era as well. But it was also yeah. a major part of the 70s. I want to say because, you know, indie sleaze also a lot of, you know, because the aesthetic came from the music and the music was taking from a, you know the 70s, uh, the 70s but like yeah. in a different way um particular to the early 2000s so yeah all of those things are eventually going to trickle I would love to see the next iteration of that yeah what does that look like now um but I don't know I think I think we have a while to go if even I agree um before we close off I just want to have some I just want to get your opinion on some closing thoughts do, what do you feel like is missing from designers or fashion now that was present a few years ago? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything. You know, I think it's hard to say because I do feel more removed from caring about fashion at this point. Um, you know, with age, again, like you find your style, you become comfortable with what you know you enjoy. And so you become more of a... I don't know, like devotee to your particular brands and your particular yeah. pieces. Um, I I buy very, you know, from specific brands at this point, um, specific styles. I think, again, just the turnaround and catering to demands mm-hmm. has gotten increasingly crazier and crazier. Um, just, you know, how quickly things become just so much consumption yeah Yeah. there's so much consumption and things become so trendy so quick and then drop and then it becomes like a whole other thing with all of these you know different aesthetics um which on one hand are great because everybody can find their place and find what works for them and find like they belong because there's an actual name to these right um but at the same time i think the art i feel is no longer there. It's, it's so much more commercial. Yeah. Which again, that's why we look to Thoreau and Kate and, you know, at this point, Hetty for the art versus uh, anything else. And Phoebe. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. So I feel like 
random, but we we talked a lot about influencers today, and I think just want to piggyback off of what you said too. I don't think it's really the influencer that's the problem. It's more so some of the designers catering to whatever trends that they're seeing. Yeah. And I do agree that I think there's some really great influencers that I was definitely inspired by who I think have their own actual unique style who really do the research mm-hmm. into what they like. And I I definitely appreciate that part of social media too, where, you know, I was able to find a lot of amazing like mid-level brands through some of those people. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see a designer like Hetty who doesn't really seem to have been influenced by the demands. You know, like he's not making slime green, lime green, like pants, right? Right. Um, So what would it look like if some of these brands wielded, I guess, their power in numbers in like promoting their vision instead of catering to the consumer's vision yeah you know yeah you're right though I don't think it's an influencer I think it's the demand changes and it ebbs and flows and now it's going faster than ever where people want more and more and they want new and new because they're seeing other people wear whatever um but that doesn't necessarily mean that brands no longer have the power to kind of set the stage because that's what fashion week used to be about Right. right like you used to create the trends quote unquote um But now there's just so many driving forces and things are kind of being pulled so many different ways that I think everybody's confused. Mm -hmm. You either stick to your gut or you don't and Mm -hmm. you become a sellout. And I think that's where you lose the value. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that's it for today. (laughs) (laughs) I know we covered a lot. We really had a goal of reaching a 30 minute podcast, but I know we went over, which which I think is fine. I think we covered a lot of great things. Um, But anyways, guys, on the closing note, this is Lattes Unfinished. Wait, can we just summarize what we talked about? Oh yeah. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll just summarize. Uh, So today we covered some of just going back to fashion. Uh, What does fashion mean right now? Does it even exist anymore? Um, three trends or a few trends that we're hating and a few trends that we're looking forward to in this next year and kind of our thoughts on what the future of style is looking like, I guess. On that note, yes. thank you so much for tuning in with us today. These are, we're your co <laughs> <laughs> We are your co-hosts, Myra and Sidra. And of course, in order to follow along with this episode, please go to lattesandfinish.blog. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can tune in on www.lattesandfinish.com. And of course, follow us on Instagram, lattes.unfinished. Until next time. 